Welcome to Hope Talks, Stories of Transformation. Hope Talks is a project of David's United Church of Christ in Canal Winchester, Ohio, and dedicated to providing stories with different perspectives of hope. Hello, everyone. This is Jim Nolan welcoming you to Hope Talks, a bi-monthly podcast that seeks to explore the sacredness of human conversation, that experience when we share our inner worlds with one another, our hope when we talk with someone rather than talk to them, we can begin to form bonds that build bridges to community. One area where hope abounds or can equally be difficult to find is in healthcare. Certainly something on everyone's mind these days as the specter of pandemic continues to hang like a shroud over all we do. When we're hurting physically or emotionally in some way, many people tend to want to clam up. Nobody knows this trade of, oh, I don't want to talk about it, better than healthcare workers who deal daily with frightened patients and their families. And that constant stress of providing hope to the ailing can often lead to strained relationships between healthcare workers themselves. So with me today is Erica Jackson, a life skills coach with more than 20 years in the health and wellness industry. And when she's not singing in her church praise band, Erica coordinates training programs for a worldwide company that coaches healthcare professionals about not only building better relationships with patients, but with one another as well. Perhaps you could even call it the building better bedside manners industry. So uh, let's begin, Erica, with sharing a little bit about how you got involved in this kind of work. Well, interestingly, it was a story of, of hope, of possibility. I came to the industry because I had been working in an office under fluorescent lights, going to work every day, crying, leaving, crying, having had strep throat for six months. Wow. And knew that there must be a better way. Uh, a better opportunity. Simultaneously, one of my dearest friends who happened to also be a pastor at my church was let go at that church and was mm. seeking his own awakening, uh, a new start. And he found coaching for us both. I didn't know it at the time through uh -huh. his own sense of hope and possibility about what the future could hold when he'd spent decades in, in the industry of pastoralship. And my life was forever changed and forever made better out of what felt like several tragedies at the time. Say a little bit more about that. How did, how did the, the concept, the idea of hope, the light of hope, come into being from that coaching and how did it lead you specifically into healthcare? Sure. I really believe in synchronicities and my, my colleague, my friend who I named before mm -hmm. met someone at a conference and suggested to that person, Margaret Moore, that we ought to work with her. 
<laughs> uh, he really, Bob, has always been my role model for seeing infinite possibilities <laughs> and uh, going after them relentlessly. And so that turned into what has now become a nearly 20-year relationship with my work at Well Coaches. So talk about the role that hope plays in what you do. Um, how, how does it how does it shape up and how does it play out in a day-to-day, -day, a typical day for you? In a typical day for me, I am supporting healthcare professionals, as you said, learning how to have better bedside manner, whether that's in a gym, as a personal trainer, or as a medical doctor in a crisis situation, or as a behavioral health professional. And we support our clients to have hope. A lot of our work is grounded in the, psycho the psychology and the theory from a gentleman named C.R. Snyder. Uh, it's actually called hope psychology. Ah. And in, in hope psychology, we know that hope comes from the combination of willpower and way power. More explicitly, that one needs to be able to envision their goals, but that's not quite enough, just having the vision for, for what one wants in the future. They also have to have the pathways, right? The strategies and planning to accomplish those goals and the agency, the, the sustained motivation to be working toward that. And that comes very much from, from both what we say to ourselves uh, and what others say to us. And so when we're working with our, our health coaches or healthcare professionals, we teach them how to have conversations with their patients and clients that identify their goals, the strategies for accomplishing them, and, and the why, the motivation, coupled with supporting uh, language that's extended uh, in a loving way to themselves, but also creating environments that are supportive of them. Sounds like it would be challenging to keep all of those aspirational thoughts in focus when you're in the sometimes, or maybe not sometimes, oftentimes crisis mode in, say, a hospital setting, uh, in, a, in an ER or in a surgical uh, theater. It's certainly true. And there are times when life is an emergency <laughs> and you have to focus very much on the present. For me personally, uh, one of the other things that, that supports my ability to stay in a place of hope is um, my ability to be present. But also I have a natural proclivity um, toward gratitude. Uh, it's a natural strength of mine. And gratitude actually psychologically means that we have to accept that we're worthy of the good things that are happening to us. 
And, and if I'm worthy of those good things, then I come to expect those good things. And if I expect them, then I'm looking for those good things. And that's uh, an upward spiral toward more gratitude. Interesting. The link between staying and remaining hopeful by means of constantly being grateful. Is, is there a story or an example that might come to mind of uh, when you've worked with someone where you saw that kind of pivotal moment, that transformation from uh, the dark side to the light side? Hmm. Or I could give you a moment to think about that and maybe yeah. we'll come back to it. What yeah. made me what made me think of that was, you know, we're we're recording this conversation in um, uh, early January, uh, inauguration week to be specific, and uh, a lot of the country, I think, was uh, wowed by this young um, poet who spoke at the inauguration. And what listening to you, one of the lines from her poem flashed back to me were. She said, for there's always light if we're only brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Mm. That really speaks to me of, of, of gratitude, you know, and, and just paying attention to, to the moment. I have found um, in my own life that uh, I see rainbows at just the moment I need them. I, you know, have been prayed over in just the moment that I need it. Or I picked up the phone to send somebody that I really need to be connected to uh, a text and they've just sent me a text. Okay. And, and just to acknowledge those small miracles is, is so important. You know, generally in, in thinking of the stories where desperation or a sense of stuckness shifted to hope in my clients, it's always been in the moments that they identified what they actually want in life. So often people come to work with me because of the shoulds, because of what they feel like they should look like or what they believe they should be doing with their life professionally. But those voices aren't their own. And so when they're given the space to really connect with their own personalized vision, what's motivating them, what's meaningful, and gives them a sense of purpose beyond what society tells them, that is when they shift from the darkness into the light. That sounds like a, uh, a liberating moment. Absolutely. I've had clients who came to me because they wanted to increase their sales performance. And that wasn't their goal at all in the end, right? That's, that was their should. What they really wanted to do was sail around the world on a sailboat. And that's what they did or to um, be a better performer in their, in their medical career but that's not really what they wanted. They wanted to take up dancing and teach that. Mm -hmm. 
And after a few conversations where somebody really listened to them so that they could listen to themselves, those ahas happened and those dreams started to emerge and um, come out into the world. I'm sure you must encounter uh, situations or people who have been in situations where they feel like perhaps they've let their patient or their colleague down, um, uh, whether it's a bad outcome in a medical situation or they thought they knew how to do X, Y, and Z and they didn't and they felt like they basically let those around them down. Uh, how, how does how does hope break through in those kinds of situations? Something that we call empathy listening. Acknowledging the feelings that they're experiencing and why those feelings are emerging. You know, when it comes to strong emotions, particularly ones that we deem as negative, what we know psychologically is that often they just need the space to be given some breath. They just need to be spoken. Those fears, uh, fears about failure or disappointment simply need to be verbalized in order to uh, have the power of them released. Do you ever have to uh, talk to yourself about situations like that to pick yourself up? Oh, sure. <laughs> I am, uh, you know, like most people, pretty critical of myself. <laughs> um, and I do feel fortunate to have, I think, as I said, a particular proclivity for gratitude, uh, which, which to me leads to hope. I've had some amazing role models in my life from early childhood <laughs> around perseverance uh, and believing in the best in others and for this world. And so I do find I can pretty easily talk myself into hope. Do you think that your, um, your faith has shaped your ability to find hope or did your proclivity to, to hope through gratitude shape your faith? Kind of a chicken and egg question. Yeah, for me, um, I have always felt that the presence of God is simply the presence of good people in my life mm. and the presence of intuitions. So for me, that's how I've received God through having a, you know, a gut instinct that, for example, this is a true story, had me turn around on a road for no good reason to find out that had I been going on that road, I would have been crushed by a falling tree in a storm. Wow. Or the kinds of people that, have been a part of my life that continue to to inspire me so so yes faith has played a part of it god or the universe has played a part of it but through the placement of those other spiritual beings in my life what would you say to someone who's who's uh struggling with feeling a lack of hope uh maybe not just in a healthcare situation but generally um, what advice would you have for them as a place to begin to pick themselves back up? 
There is some science around the power of volunteering, of giving back mm. to the world, uh, particularly when someone is uh, in a, you know, moving into a state of depression or um, just feeling solemn in general, that there is, there is something that is impacted in the brain when we're doing good, when we're being of service to others. Um, and this makes sense, right? It's inspiring to, to see others, to join in, into a community of others doing good in the world. So right. my, my piece of advice would be to, to go do something good, to act as if. So when you're down in the dumps, go help somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds simple enough <laughs> and probably difficult for some people. But sure. that, is the, that, that old aphorism about uh, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, you know, lending yeah. a helping hand in one instance can, can sometimes be all that it takes. And I don't want to downplay, certainly, the paralysis one can feel when there's clinical depression. I'm, I'm not trying to be right. Pollyanna about this, but we right. all certainly feel down, particularly in, in these times. And um, my strategy is to, to give to others, to do something outside of myself. Well, I certainly thank you for sharing your insights today. And I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing and reminding everyone to always look to the light for that's where hope is calling us to be. If you have a story to share or know someone who does, drop us a line at hopetalks at davidgcc.net. Meantime, stay blessed and thank you, Erica. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this segment of Hope Talks. I hope you join us again. And please encourage others to listen and check out other David's United Church of Christ programs at davidsucc.net. It is our hope that your day is filled with hope. Thank you.